What's up, listeners? In this episode, we'll be talking about some very serious content. So, if you feel offended, you don't have to listen. But, we do want to pay respect to George Floyd and his family. And, (laughs) forgive me for saying George Lloyd. I know I messed up a few times. But, please, listen and enjoy the show. The launch pad will begin in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. gentlemen welcome to the launch pad with dwight thomas and kevin uh this episode is a a very serious one as we uh jump into uh a serious uh situation that of course is not um nothing new it's nothing new to our community um and when i say our community i and referring to the black community, so some of the, some of it is jump. new. Some of it is new. I'm really surprised about how many white people are protesting in Minnesota, and I'm surprised people in Minnesota are protesting because it's Minnesota. I didn't think it's Minnesota. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That that is true. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I wasn't thinking that many. Uh, white folks, but yeah, you're right. Good point, Dwight. I mean, I just think that that's one thing that's interesting about Minnesota being the place. I'm oh, sorry, Kevin. For I value you. that point. No problem, but I value that point. Um, so we're 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 just gonna get right into it. So on uh, Monday, I believe um, there was a there. There was a murder that that happened uh, involving uh, Minneapolis uh, police officers and uh, an African-American male by the name of George Lloyd, um, in which uh, we see uh, from the video um, that has surfaced all over uh, America and more than likely the world, uh, a police officer's knee on a on George Lloyd's neck and he is pleading uh, saying that he can't breathe um, and basically just just pleading for his life essentially for nine and, uh, essentially for nine minutes the the man's knee is on right. George Lloyd's neck I think it's important to show that for nine minutes this wasn't just like a couple of seconds this wasn't you know to just subdue him or restrain him this was literally for nine minutes the man was on his face for almost nine minutes i think his eight minutes and 40 seconds to be exact yeah he was dead for the last minute and 42 seconds yeah yeah and uh of course what you see uh is, is truly disturbing 
and it's truly upsetting. Um, and of course, with with newer developments uh, from from that day um, until now, uh, we do know that uh, one uh, the officer that actually had his knee on George Lloyd's neck has been um, arrested and is in custody and uh, currently uh, is being charged with uh, third degree murder and manslaughter. Yeah. Can we discuss um, the but, things that he's done in the past real quick? Can I spit oh, them yeah. out? Yeah, please spit out those facts, please. All right, Minneapolis police officer who murdered George, George Floyd on May 25th, 2020. The restraint technique used by the Chauvin to murder Floyd was not part of the department's training. He's being represented by Tom Kelly, who has the same attorney as the officer um, Geronimo Yenez, who murdered Philandro Castile, and he got acquitted for that murder. Um, uh, Chevin and another officer were chasing a car in 2005, causing the death of three people, according to uh, Communities United Agency Against Pro Police Brutality. And there are 12 police brutality complaints against Chauvin in the Minneapolis Office of Police Conduct and Complaints Database. They are all listed as closed, non-public, or no discipline. Ooh, here's another one. Chauvin shot Ira Latrell Tolls, an unarmed black 21-year-old man in 2008. Ooh, here's another one. Hold on. I'm sorry. I keep seeing him. Chauvin was one of the officers who murdered Wayne Reyes, a Latino man with 16 bullets forced into him. A total of 42 rounds were shot off. That's incredible. And you see how crazy that that track record is for for this police officer. Mm -hmm. So, with 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 that being said, let's let's get right into it. He um, was a killer, first and foremost. Yes, first and foremost, I am I'm truly disturbed, truly frustrated about the way um, our our black men um, and our black women are treated um, in America. Um, this this isn't something that it, that should be surprising to anyone. Uh, at, at this point, it's almost like we're numb. It's almost like we're numb to the situation. Mm -hmm. So, I'm I'm just truly frustrated. Um, and for me to walk out of out of my house, um, of course, currently not on a daily basis due to COVID nineteen, but for for me as a black man to walk out of my house and have to wonder if I'm going to come home safely, um, that's 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 disturbing. That's scary to me. Um, the trust or lack thereof uh, for law enforcement because I'm simply black is disturbing. Um, the motto "protect and serve" takes on a whole new meaning when you're just black. So, I am. I'm completely frustrated and I, I feel for George Lloyd's family. Um, and I feel for all of the families that have to uh, engage in, in such um, horrific 
uh, matters. Um, I'm also um, just truly disturbed at just how we're treated as 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 a people. Period. So, um, of course, I'll get into my little spew, but I I, I do want my brothers to to weigh in. So, um, Thomas Dwight, uh, weigh in on. On your, on your on your feelings toward this. Good, but I'm not sure yet, to be honest. I mean, it's so many things back to 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 back that I'm honestly a little bit nervous about saying on wax uh, how I truly feel, like deep down inside. Um, because we're only in the beginning of whatever we're, you're feeling. I mean, think about this. My dad, when he was my, you know, when he was in his 20s, took a job as a reporter and he protested civil rights movement and reported on it for a newspaper in Raleigh, North Carolina. All of my uncles and stuff got arrested protesting stuff. And last night and this morning, I had to talk to my daughter about wanting to go protest the same thing that they were protesting. So now she sees it on TV and she's like, they need to be protesting. That's good. Let's go do that too. Let's go down to Charlotte and let's protest. And I, I'm down for protesting, but I don't know how I will be able to protect my daughter at a protest at a rally at a million man march at any of that and you know if anything happened to her you know i mean that's cancel christmas time you know so i'm having to mask a lot of my emotions around this um because of because my kids are watching me react to it so I'm not sure how to react to it right now, to be honest, man. You know, I mean, I will tell you that I, I because we're in this coronavirus situation, I, um, I take walks like 10 times a day just to get out of the house, especially if I have to have a conversation with curse words in it. And uh, there was a police officer that followed me yesterday just to see where I was going. Cause I have to wear a hood because my earbuds will blow in the wind, you know, have that noise. So I wear mm -hmm. my hood up, right. You know, just to make sure that that noise isn't made. And so I found myself taking paper and pen with me today on my walks to guard from, from that. Like I can write down license plate badge numbers, whatever. Like I was, you know, to make sure that I was prepared if that dude was still sitting on my street waiting for me to come out. And that's kind of crazy, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm not sure how I feel yet. Just not sure. What about you, Thomas? Man, I, I have experienced just about every type of negative emotion that you can have um, during the course of this week. Um, there's been 
feelings of rage. There's been feelings of frustration, hopelessness, anxiety. Um, and, and I'll even say it, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was, I was literally afraid to walk outside of my house. Um, today was the first time I actually, you know, went for, went for a jog in my neighborhood, um, this entire week since last Saturday. I, you know, I, I know that the system isn't perfect. I know that, you know, um, there, there, there are a lot of people in this world that are, that are just mean, um, that are racist, but, and I think this is, this is the bigger picture. Um, there's a loss of humanity. There's a loss of caring for your fellow man. Like, no, as a black man, yes, I'm enraged, but seeing it from a different perspective as another race, there's no way you can look at that video and not have some sense of the deprivation that we have as people. The fact that we can't, you know, look at a fellow man and just be like, he needs my help. I should not look at him that way. I should not treat him that way. And they don't have that. They don't have that. But, no, and, and, and you're right. But I'm sorry. It, I, I, don't, I didn't mean to cut you off. And I, I don't know no, how much no. I want to say on wax either. So I apologize. Go ahead. No, it's, 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 it, no, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, I, I, I look at it, you know, we're, get, we're getting uh, called thugs by, you know, a president, you know, who doesn't have, you know, leadership skills and stuff. Um, yet he wants to try and cater to us, you know, for his vote to get reelected in, in 2020. You know, it's 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 there's there's no leadership and stuff. And honestly, I'm torn with the whole rioting thing. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I can understand. I can sympathize with them. But at the same time, I'm like, guys, come on, don't don't riot and burn up and tear down your own neighborhood, like your own communities and stuff. Um, how how but, many people? What, what do you think? What do you think is a solution? Like what, how, how can those people get their anger and frustration out in a different way? What are options for that? I'm so, so I I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else we as a people can do, to be honest with you. I I really don't because you try to, you try to make peace. You try to show your demonstrations like Colin Mm -hmm. Kaepernick showed and people are still Mm -hmm. frustrated. People don't like that. Oh, you're disrespecting the flag. You're disrespecting the mm-hmm. military. No, you're a disrespect. What more can we do? Rioting in in other forms to be heard. Oh, your phone's breaking up. Now, from, from a perspective of the looting, no, I do not agree with the looting. I don't agree with it. However, that so, is what hold on. Making... Don't you find it fascinating that every time there's a protest, there just happens to be looting? 
Oh, I do find it fascinating that every time there's there's a protest, there's looting. And I also find it fascinating mm-hmm. that it's always tagged back to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. a, I gotta tell you, man, and I, I still gotta figure out how much I'm gonna say on this podcast about what I really believe. I gotta say, this has happened so many times that it's almost looking fixed in a way to where mm-hmm. people go out to protest, just like me and you go out to walk down the street and then come home. Mm-hmm. And there's always the element of looting. And then there's always the element of something catching on fire. Who is carrying around matches and torches and shit? Like, right. what are they doing? How does that always take place? Right. Always, every time, every city, every protest. And then, then the media covers that and everybody forgets about the dude that died. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. you have to start at some point as an American or as a black person because I don't really identify as an American very well. Um, I wish I did, but I just have never felt a closeness to, you know, the flag or whatever. And somebody listening is saying, well, if you don't like America, leave. I'm going to. So you will get your wish. It's not a big deal. Just hold tight for a second. I got unfinished business here first. Um, But I've never, you know, I, I, I just don't understand how, as a people, we don't understand that there are other options at our disposal, right? And until we start to discuss those other options, we're going to go back to what we know, which is to throw a fit. But it's almost like being a baby. You throw a fit and somebody gives you a pacifier. They're not giving you the answer to life. They're not giving you what you really need. They're just giving you something to shut you up. And I'm kind of tired of being shut up, you know, and they're never going to give us a good option for president again. You know, not that they let Obama do anything while he was in office, but at least he was a class act. Right. So those days are over for us. I mean, our alternative is Biden right now and he's 80 years old, too. So, you know, we're kind of at that place where, you know, we got to start having some real discussions with our youth and with each other about how we're feeling about this. And we got to start protecting ourselves. Somebody could have said something, somebody, I mean, I guess all you can do is videotape it, but I mean, that didn't help that dude. Nah. Well, and, 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 and going back to what you said about, you know, them basically pacifying us, you know, it, it started, you know, a couple of years ago with the Trayvon Martin thing. Um, you know, you know, even with uh, with George Zimmerman and all of that, you know, everybody was demanding for you know was uh, demanding for an arrest. Uh, we want them arrested. We want them arrested. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we'll give them an arrest. Okay. All right. That'll that'll keep them quiet. All right. Well, we want them charged. Okay. Well, we'll charge them. Okay. But what people don't understand is this thing has not been done yet. So there's and this is this is just me. There are, there are instances where I look at it and I'm like, you know, you should be charging them for first degree murder. So let's, let's look at this right now. So the guy, the police officer is basically being charged with third degree murder. 
So third degree murder is essentially uh, someone happens to die while you're committing an, a, a dangerous act. Okay. All right. But if you in the max is like, I think, 25 years. You can go for second or first degree murder even. Like, and, and so my whole thing is if you, you're not giving us the full extent of the law, you're not pursuing the fullest extent of the law here. And so it only increases the chances that this guy can get off. They never do, though. Exactly. That's because exactly. what they've done, what they've done in the media is they've turned a dead black man in the street into a speed bump. Not a not a father, not a husband, nephew, cousin, mentor, Christian, Muslim. Just something in the road. I mean, my biggest fear is not dying. My biggest fear is not speaking in public. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My biggest fear is being in the road and being that nameless picture of a black dude in the road that's been in our history books, in our encyclopedias, on the internet, now on YouTube. Right. I just, you know, I don't want to turn from Dwight to the black dude that died in the road. Like, that terrifies Yeah, you don't want to turn into a hashtag. I mean, because that's what it is nowadays. Nowadays? I mean, Emmett Till wasn't a hashtag, but shit. I didn't. I mean, that wasn't even true. That lady who called the police on that bird watcher guy. Like, I mean, all right. of these instances in one week is just a lot, yeah, man. It's a lot, right? And you're, you know, everybody says you should be proud to be an American. I mean, an America. I would be curious to go through, and this is where I start to get to where I'm going to offend people, and I truly apologize for that. But I don't, I don't know how other how any other way to say it i mean if you ask a white person what is america to you like just give me some of your the word the first word you think of you know they will be totally different than anybody black yeah and that's that is that is a distinct fact i mean i'm, I'm i mean are you proud to be an american when you go overseas No, not now that Trump's in office for sure. I mean, think about this for a second. I'm going to read you guys something else. Just because you guys are so angry, I'm just going to I'm just going to talk so that you don't have to. <laughs> um I'm going to read this real quick. You're going to like it. Let me find it. Sorry, you can hum or something. Um Somebody sent it to me this morning. It was the the article about the United Nations um, saying that the United States has to do something about the killing of unarmed men in America. Yep. The United yep. Nations. Yep. Yep. Like how... <laughs> I mean, the United Nations. How do you... Mm-hmm. How do you get a letter from the United Nations saying you're treating black people incorrectly in 2020. In 2020. I mean... They're, they're, 
there there are countries that issue travel warnings to their citizens, warning them about coming here. Like I I've read where Jamaicans and you know uh, uh, citizens you know from from Africa and stuff they are petrified to come here for the simple fear that you know what they may not return back home they may literally die that's how serious it is we have a tarnished reputation on the global scale did you hear also that we pulled out of the world health organization today yes 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 (laughs) yeah and we are the biggest contributor we are the biggest fund funder of the World Health Organization. You know, whenever there's something big, and and I'm not belittling the death of any man. I'm really not. But whenever there's something big for us to protest or focus on, I always notice that Trump does two or three other things mm-hmm. that right. would be the focus mm-hmm. if we weren't mm-hmm. focused on this other thing. And a lot of times, a lot of times what I've noticed, noticed, and this is where I get nervous about being on wax is it's, he targets black people and throws gasoline on a fire over here and then does some other stuff on the left-hand side so that we don't Mm -hmm. pay attention. And Mm -hmm. then what bothers me is that let's say, you know, you, you have your, you know, conspiracy theorists that say, voting is all rigged and all that kind of stuff. And I understand where that comes from because it's the lesser of two evils anyway. But only 14% of African-Americans showed up to vote from what I remember when Trump won. So you got all these people that are frustrated and angry and, and mad that don't go vote. You know, for me, it would have a lot more validity if it was voters out there getting mad. But it doesn't seem to be. You know, it seems to be opportunists that go out there. Yeah, and yep. that's, I mean, that's that's the absolute truth, um, especially when it comes to, to our people and when things like this happen. Um, everything becomes an opportunity, um, and it's not an opportunity for the better. There's just always an opportunity to be seen. Uh, yeah, our our young people, uh, I think they call it clout. That's what they call clout. They clout. Clout. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, think about think about how much you saw Black Lives Matter, and then they got all that money from that dude. And now, how many times have you seen him? Wasn't Spartan until just recently, just this week. <laughs> I don't even think that's them. I think somebody just put that on a sign and got taken a picture of. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's sometimes always, catchy phrases work. Right. And and and, and to be honest with you, you know that's and and that's where the trust that's where the trust is lost. You know who do we actually trust? Who we can trust? You know who are all of our real activists out there? Who are the people who really care about us and want to make some type of, of change, make some type of difference? Um, mm-hmm. You 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 can't uh, you can't trust everybody. Um, and then when you have you know platforms uh, within within the social media spaces, and you see all of these people um, now suddenly on 
last Friday, you're, you're talking about, you know, a turn up, but then, you know, when this happens, suddenly we become woke. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed to giving us some education on a, on a regular basis. You know, that, those are the things that I read and, and honestly, I shake my head because I'm like, you know, you weren't talking about all of this, you know, just suddenly when it happens and when everybody is vulnerable, now you want to, you know, voice whatever you want to voice. Um, and mm-hmm. that goes back to what Dwight is saying, um, you know, what opportunities can be provided to us to to spark a conversation. It shouldn't have to take someone dying to spark that conversation over and over again. This has become a cycle. And when I said before, mm-hmm. when I, I, I become numb to it, you know, that shouldn't be the case. You should never become numb to your fellow brother or sister being murdered, either whether it's being shot in cold blood, whether it's being, mm-hmm. you know, with a knee to the neck, you know whether or whether it even be war, right? You know, you know it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that way. No, it should not. It should not. I I'll, I will tell you the the thing that we're missing in terms of a people is not leadership because everybody's going to point to leadership. Who's your leader? You know, right. who do you listen to? I don't think that's it. I, I think that if there wasn't a pointed leader. That leader would be dissected and, you know, strewn all over the place in terms of his character or any little thing that he did wrong. So that I don't think it's necessary to have that. I think as a people, we need to really regroup how we spend our money. I think if you want, yeah. if you want America to listen to you in a capitalist society like we live in right now, we yep. need to be way more supportive of each other first. Right. Because yep. right now, I will tell you that the only thing that brings us together is death. Right. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. white people haven't, or the government hasn't figured out yet, is that if they stop killing black people, we would r- flow on down the river without any fight. These mm-hmm. killings that they're doing are what makes us refocus. Um, over the past two weeks I've been working on finding mentors for myself Um, I think we talked about that on our call last week who our mentors were and I had picked people that were close around me and after our call I started thinking about it as I was watching these things and I was like man what are really really educated black people thinking right now what are Mm -hmm. business owners thinking right now that I could use to help me refocus. What is the guy Mm -hmm. thinking that can't say what he's thinking? How does he push that down? Because he's got a thousand employees, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I started reaching out to those type of people this week because I don't understand how we don't do every single, every single thing I do could possibly be black, but it would take a ton of effort. You know what I'm saying? Like to find the sodas I like, to find the clothes I like, to find the, you know, the Uber I like, you know, the whatever I'm doing at that time. 
I think we've got to figure out a way to go back to where my parents' generation and they had the little blue book for traveling. Did you, your parents ever tell you about that? I think it's blue anyway. I have to ask my mom. But they would give out a blue book of all the places black people could stay, get their car fixed, get gas, all these kind of things, and not get harassed so that you could take a trip through America and not have to worry about, you know, segregation and all that kind of stuff as you were traveling. Mm -hmm. But we need something like that. I need to know who the black lawyers are that are good. I need to know who the black bankers are that are good. I need to know the black bank names and and we need to support each other. If we did Mm -hmm. that, that would make more of an impact in this country than ever. But I will tell you, and this is going to be the part that I ask you as a question. Growing up, everybody loved Martin Luther King. I'm not disrespecting that thought, but around middle school or whatever, I really thought Malcolm X was the man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I started, and mm-hmm. I, by the way, I went to college with his son. Shout out to Kieran. But, um, but I also, after I found out about him, learned about Marcus Garvey. And mm-hmm. I got to be honest, mm-hmm. man, now that I'm my age now, I'm more leaning towards the Marcus Garvey stuff in terms mm-hmm. of just leaving. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why rebuild this place again for the third time just to mm-hmm. be disrespected? Like, I just don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are more people not thinking about going back to Ghana? You can go to Ghana and get a, a passport right now. Well, I think they ran out because so many people got them. But they were giving passports to American citizens. All you got to do is come get it. I, I think I think for a lot of people it's a it's a it's a it's a lack of resources type thing. Um and and, and I think, you know, people and I'm one of them. You know, I I there's a part of me that holds out hope that you know what we can affect change um you know and we can actually I'm not gonna say we're gonna achieve ideal democracy and ideal human rights, but I believe we can make strides. Um, but for, for a lot of people, and, and I've had these conversations, I, I learned about Marcus Garvey in high school and in college. And, and his whole thing was, you know what, let's just go back. Yeah. You know, let's, yeah. let's build our own colonies and stuff. And it, 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 it all deals with what, you know, you were saying the way, you know, if, People don't understand, you know, we're, we're so busy looking at ourselves individually. We don't understand the power that we hold collectively. And I saw something uh, yesterday or today that said that minorities in America alone hold enough economic power. It's the equivalent of $10 trillion. $10 trillion. That's almost half of the deficit that America has right now. The debt. So ten trillion dollars. So if you take us Hispanics, you know Asians, uh, uh, Africans, you know, it, you just put a, put us all together, we hold enough economic power to literally almost bring the U.S. economy to a halt. And me- and I know and I know there you know there's some efforts right now where I think July seventh there's supposed to be a national blackout day. Like we are not supposed yeah. to spend any money, you know, um, at all or whatever. And it's, it's supposed to kind of like make that, you know, going towards that point that the white was making, 
you know, about, you know, showing our economic power in a capitalistic society. And you're right. right. That's really the best way to Man. hit them, to a get their attention, hit them in their pockets. A day is not enough. No, I'm, you're right. I'm going to tell you're you right. why we, why a day seems big, but a day is not enough. Because It'll we have to have more yeah. discipline within our own households and with our own finances mm-hmm. and not have to spend mm-hmm. money every single day. What mm-hmm. the statistic, and I don't know if the statistic is still, still true today, right? Because I, I did not do any research for this show. <laughs> but the Jewish dollar stays in the Jewish community for something like two weeks is what I remember. Now, don't quote me on that because I know this is on wax. The Asian community is like a week. The Caucasian mm-hmm. community is like three days. The black community, guess how much, guess how long it was. It's, it's like it's like a couple hours. Couple hours. It's literally like a couple hours Correct. or something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's literally like that. Yeah. Like you cannot, you cannot make a difference in a day. What we got to do is really think of where we can put our money to rest it or to spend it, but spend it on our own stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not hard to find a, I, I think I have an email right here about joining a black bank because I started filling out my application, but I was broke and couldn't put any money in there. So I, I, I don't, I think it's one, I'm going to tell you the name while we're doing it. One United Bank. Y'all have the name now. That's a black owned bank. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not, if you spend money and you have your money at a black owned bank, you don't have to take the seventh off. If you're paying your bills with a black bank, you don't have to think about that stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. you are keeping your money in your own place. So any fees go to your own people. Black bank. Exactly. So it's going to take us making some real changes. And I don't know how to feel or be empathetic to every single person. I can only do what I can do. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people in way worse situations than me. Um, you know, but in terms of what I'm doing right now to take care of my family, like I'm trying to educate them as much as possible because, you know, you, I don't know what the answer is. I don't Mm -hmm. see this ending ever. You know, every generation says we're going to be the generation in racism. Mm. As long as there's people benefiting from racism it's not going to go anywhere right now you know people are watching the news people had turned the news off because they were tired of hearing about covid now Mm -hmm. they're watching the news again so the news media they want this they need this Mm -hmm. you know think about follow the dollar and if if you're ever confused follow the dollar and see where it goes and that's who's Mm -hmm. in control of that situation that's true. That's true. But it, I think the, the flip side of that is during this whole thing, you're also starting to see a change in perspective of other races as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking on the videos. I'm seeing, you know, whites. I'm seeing Hispanics. I'm seeing. Yeah, shout out to all know, of them too. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what that's I, done? I, I, that's made me have to curb how I speak. Right, right. Because right. And it, uh, because it's, it's now, not 
yeah, up until now, I'd be like, they don't care. And it was always mm-hmm. they, them, them, mm-hmm. they. Um, and now I'm having to change that narrative because it was a lot of white people in Minnesota prote- protesting. I mean, it was a lot. Yeah. Like, that was a surprise for me. Not because... Yeah. Not because I don't think they should, you know, and, and I had some conversations with coworkers that asked me how I felt about it. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, until until it's not OK to be quiet, you're going to always have racism. You know, as long as yep. it's OK to like, oh, it doesn't involve me, I'm not going to say anything, then it's not going to get fixed. Yeah, yeah. So, and and it, 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 it's, it's, it's like uh, Stephen Jackson says. He says, "Love to all who have love for all." Mm-hmm. So you know, for for the for the rest of you know, for the people out there who don't care, you know, it's all about you know them, and you know they think of us as like dirt bags and scum, the trash of the earth, and all this other stuff. There's a guy. Uh, what's I forgot the the uh, I forgot the. Yo, listeners, what's up? Like the intro music to our show? I know you're wondering, like, dang, who is that? Well, that's none other than the bro, Chemo. That's K-H-E-M-O. In a single face off of his 2017 album, The Art of Rap 2, which is on Apple Music, iTunes, and other streaming services. So, go ahead and check him out because he's like that. Now back to the show. No, so I was I was talking about, uh, about essentially how... Uh, you got more people, you know, outside of the black race who are actually getting tired of this or whatever. So on the flip side, it's becoming, you know, kind of a good thing or whatever. You can't just say, oh, they don't care anymore. Like it's it's literally growing because you look at, you know, all of the protests and stuff. You're seeing white people, you're seeing, you know, Asians, you're seeing Mexicans, you know, Hispanics, you're seeing all of these different people or whatever. And, uh, you know, so people, people are, you know, are really getting tired of this. Or whatever. Uh, I think you also have to look at the uh, the power of uh, of social media too, because I know there was an instance in Columbia, um, Lexington Medical Center. There's an employee who uh, basically, you know, said something about you know uh, black people uh, derogatory statement, and I mean, and people went off. Oh, I mean, yeah. and she all, got fired, and she, she got was fired. fired. She was immediately, yeah, immediately on the spot or whatever. I mean, I mean, Lexington Medical Center was bombarded on social media. I'm talking like Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram. Like, I mean, people were hitting it all from all sides or whatever. So, you know, people aren't standing for this, you know, like they used to. So there, there is hope. Um, but I think in our level of thinking, how we approach this, it's like the white said, we've got to. You got to go back to the drawing board because right. what, what you're seeing is, you know, the other side, they're evolving. They're changing. So like stuff, you know, it, it's of course, you can't put it on the books, you know, can't put it out there. You know, you don't like black people, but you can kind of create loopholes. You can create avenues and exceptions and stuff that they have learned to take advantage of to exploit us at our expense. And if we don't learn how to really get in and really think and see the flip side of the coin and think 
more so with our heads than our emotions. And I'm not saying that our emotions should be displaced. I am not saying that. But in order to counteract uh, 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 an opponent who has who has had your goat, and Kev, you we all know this. We you, you know we, we we play ball and stuff. Can't keep doing the same thing if, if the opponent is going to shut you down. Right, like you're well, going to have to develop a counter move. You're going to have to come up with something different in order to adjust and catch them off guard. That way, you can regain the upper hand. Absolutely, exactly. We've been doing the same thing since the fifties, twenties. Yes, yeah. we've been running you the know. same play. We've yeah. been running the same it's play. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. And I don't even think we're running the play. I mean, I got to be a thousand percent honest. I don't think we're running the play. I think we're being used as pawns for video cameras. Is video cameras an old word? Maybe television cameras, media. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're. I don't think that's our idea. I mean, listen, man. Go back through history, as far as you want, and we are a peaceful people in general. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. general, people. If you think back, you can't. You can't not be peaceful and be a slave. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Out of every single race, every single war, every single country that's ever been in a war in history, have you ever heard of somebody saying, I want to be equal besides us? Ever. Name one country. When they bomb you, they're coming to take over. Right. Hitler mm-hmm. didn't want to be equal. He wanted to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're asking to be equal. At a certain point, we need to revamp the whole strategy back to that level. Right? Because essentially we were never equal. You know, we came over here to build a country for someone else. Mm-hmm. They, they they brought us over here to build a country for someone else. Mm-hmm. Kevin, check this out. We were kings before, right? And Not only did we come them. over here to build something else for them, we built this whole country mm-hmm. despite them, mm-hmm. right? despite civil rights, mm-hmm. despite segregation, despite slavery. Mm-hmm. We were able to do it with all of those hurdles right. and still come out as CEOs of companies, professional athletes, business Agent. owners, um, HVAC, electricians. We still every day strive to be equal. Mm-hmm. So no matter what obstacle I have to face in my life today, tomorrow, whatever, whether it's that cop following me, whether it's somebody in my high school telling me I was never going to be anything whether it's whatever it is, I'm still the next day trying harder to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so, so when you when you breathe that into somebody at some point, and I'm not saying it's today or tomorrow, it may have been yesterday, but at some point, it's not going to be about being equal anymore because you kept pushing my buttons. Mm-hmm. And there's only and I think more. that's what everybody's scared of. And I, th- I think, I think there's only but so long you can oppress and keep pushing, you know, a group of people before they That's respond back. 
That's know, Langston Hughes. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Langston Hughes said the same thing. Yeah. Before before eventually they respond back in a way that, you know, the opposition isn't prepared for. And and I, you know, I especially like our generation, and I'm I'm seeing this more and more, is our generation isn't the type to take as much crap is you know what our parents and grandparents took. <laughs> I'll be honest. Hold on. I'll be honest because I had this debate with my mom and I lost. So, because uh-huh, uh-huh. I said, Mom, you know, you guys boycotted the bus system, but nobody bought a bus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you guys had bought a bus. And she said, Dwight, the type of racism we dealt with, you don't even understand. Mm-hmm. You couldn't. You couldn't go buy a bus. Right. 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 You know. So where I I don't think it's that. I think it's a different time. There's more awareness. I think these things have been happening since back then. We just didn't know because right now, the me- I mean, it gets out fast, right? Like, right. obviously, that video went viral. I mean, it's only Friday. Right. That stuff happened Monday. Right. If somebody had gotten murdered Monday by just getting shot on the street, you know, that person may not be arrested by Friday. You never mm-hmm. know. Um, but things happen so fast, except for the trial. You know, that's going to take about six years. But I think what we got to remember right now is that as men, we need to start teaching other men the things that we know to help their uptake happen faster, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it shouldn't take them to 30 to get pissed. They should be pissed early. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, man, I'm 45. I'm too old to freaking be protesting. I got kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to go because my kids want to go, right? So (laughs) I'm going to go. But this is a young man's fight. It's my job to give that young man an opportunity to work. Right. And if we're not out here creating an environment where we can support each other, that's going to always be our downfall. Mm -hmm. Right. During segregation, the most powerful place was our own community. There was a a black doctor there. There was a black store owner there. There was, you know, and when the power went out, we had the power go out the other day. Did I tell you guys? I told you that story. When the power went out, everybody would circle the wagons and protect each other in that neighborhood. But what they did was they made us scared of our own areas. So when we started moving out of our area for ego purposes and for safety and for school, for those kind of opportunities, we took the money with us. Mm Mm-hmm. And so at some point, what we need to do is to start putting the money back where it was supposed to be. You can live wherever you want. I'm not saying living in the suburbs is a horrible thing. I live in the suburbs. Right. Only black person in my neighborhood. I mean, I'm representing, but, you know, sometimes I wish that I could go back. So my job now is to go back and spend money in those areas for those business owners that have businesses in that area. Yeah. 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 And and with that being said, let's let's get into our rapid fire uh, questions. Uh, All right. So like, typically, typically we have the bathroom break, fellas, and that's a time for me to say something funny and be silly. But I don't really think this is that kind of show. And sometimes it's going to be like that. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, we might be in a heavy debate on something serious, or it might be the playoffs, or it might be NCAA, and we're arguing. So today, the bathroom break is going to consist of a few rapid fire questions. Not to have you guys talk for a long time, but to get your points across, okay? Yeah. Could you could you imagine 
how much more successful you would be if you didn't have to think about the fact that you were black on a daily basis. Oh man. Oh man. The, the opportunity, you know, the privilege, you know, that's, that's a simple answer. Yes. That's a simple answer, you know, because the privilege that we would have if we weren't black would be astronomical. So that's my answer, Thomas. You, you know, my uh, I was about three, four years old. My dad taught me, um, he taught me something. He said, son, he said, you're a black man. As a black man, he said, you got to compete twice as hard just to be considered, not to compete. He said, you got to work twice as hard just to be considered. Considered. Just to be considered. Just so imagine we're, you know, we're all on the basketball court. You know, we're in a pickup game. We've got to go above and beyond just for somebody to even consider putting us on their team in layman's terms. So if you think about it like that, being black, you know, and when we were young, we were all taught, you know, hey, if you work hard, it's going to pay off. But there's an extra piece to that. When, you, when you're black, you got to work twice as hard and you got to do a whole lot of printing and a whole lot of something else. You know, God knows what that is in order just to, you know, try to be successful or whatever, man. It, it's, it's not easy, but I can only imagine what life would be like, you know, if I didn't have to worry about the color of my skin being an integral part of how far I will go, you know, in, in in my own lifetime, like career wise, like opportunities and stuff. I... Yeah, it's it's endless. It's endless. All right, good one. Um, if you had ten million dollars and could leave America today, where would you go? <laughs> it's funny. Um, one of my favorite uh, songs. Uh, by Gil Scott Heron, uh, Johannesburg. That's the first. That's the first. That's one of my sister's about. favorites. Yeah, that's one of that's my one, sister's favorites. That's that's the first place I think about Johannesburg. Um, I mean, I don't know why, but Gil Scott Heron is you know one of my favorite artists, and um, he he speaks to me in, in a way that, um, you know. I would think my father, you know, who, of course, I, I didn't live, you know, I didn't have a childhood or, a, uh, you know, growing up to be a man, you know, with with a father in the house. I did have my grandfather, like I mentioned in the last show, but um, I, I leaned to Gil Scott Heron because of, you know, his, his mindset um, and how he viewed you know things and and johannesburg as a song speaks to me uh a lot so uh if i had 10 million um and i i have a family now um it'll be a whole lot of convincing for, for my wife probably but it'll definitely be johannesburg that's what's up what about you thomas man <laughs> uh <laughs> 10 million Yeah, South Africa. Um, 
Ghana. Uh, I know Ghana's pretty, you know, developed and stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's my place right there. Um, it's 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 or the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. I I thought about the Bahamas too. Um, I know you know economically they're still, you know, uh, you know, kind of ravaged. You know, with I think they've got some issues going on with their government and stuff. But I've even thought thought about them too. Um, with 10 million, you can have a good. Uh, I remember the first, so my family, we had a family reunion in the Bahamas when I was in the eighth grade. Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, so I met all my cousins down there. It was awesome. And I remember getting money, like cash, and putting my hand with a black person on it. And I'll never forget how that felt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't throw it away, I didn't, I didn't want to spend it. I was like, you, you guys have black people on your money? They were like, yeah, what's the big deal? I was like, man, I'm keeping this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't understand the significance of Yeah, like your you're own. used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, but let me, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to go out of turn, but um, no, think man. about, think, think about the movie Coming to America. When we saw Eddie Murphy's face on that, on that bill, mm-hmm. me as a black child then, you know, and me being, you know, naive to the fact, I'm like, oh snap, Eddie Murphy is on a on a real like bill. Mm-hmm. That's that's dope, you know. And <laughs> he's got course, his own money. Yeah, he's got his <laughs> own money, you know. So yeah, um, you know, going back to what you're saying, Dwight, you know, that that to us, especially, you know, with us being in the situations we're we're in as a as a as I guess Americans, um, you know, seeing that was is is fascinating. Was fascinating to you, so you know, I man, All right. I get it. Have you guys ever protested? Oh yeah. Uh, did you protest? So I'm gonna let you go ahead, uh, Thomas. I'll and I'll jump right after you. Nah, shoot. I uh I protested. This was my freshman year of college. Um and they had the whole Jenna Six thing. I don't know if y'all remember Jenna Six. Uh, down yeah. in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. And uh so man, like, you know, we had a protest or whatever. But then also they actually sent some kids, uh, uh some students actually got together and actually drove down to Louisiana for the uh, for the riots. Um, I I wasn't able to go or whatever, but um, but yeah, that was that was, I think that was the one time I actually was able to actually protest. Yeah, um, and it's the same with me. Um, now, of course. Um, wait, wait, that, same like what you did, Jenna Six too, or y'all were together? Same. No, it, I, it was Jenna. It was Jenna Six uh, okay. when it when when we protested, um, you know, being, uh, I went to a PWI. So, um, of, of course, a lot of that <laughs> occurs. Um, and actually I, I attended two different types of protests. So, uh, the first one was the Jenna six, um, protest that we had on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and we protested in front of, uh, the, the library uh, mm-hmm. we wore all we wore uh, black shirts um, and you know we we demonstrated we demonstrated 
And the second one was um, something uh, during the Martin Luther King holiday, uh, a bunch of uh, white kids decided to, you know, wear blackface and um, wanted to uh, dress. Uh, I know where you went to school in, now. That's right. I in a manner. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, we, you know, we didn't like that. We took offense to that. So, of course, once again, you know, we protested. Uh, we protested um, in, in, in front of, um, uh, I cannot, rem- now I can't remember the, the building name, but, um, you know, we protested then. And, you know, for, for us, I think when, when I went there, it was it started off, I think it was only 6% black. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for us, and one thing that I that I loved about about my peers at school is that we stuck together, um, especially you know with when it came to stuff like that. Uh, you know, we 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 all stuck together. So those are the two instances where I, where I protested, um, and you know, I mean, it was a it was a crazy it was a crazy experience because you know for me. To be honest with you, it was my very first time protesting because I I came from an all black neighborhood, mm-hmm. so you know not seeing that um you know from from that perspective and then going to a PWI and then having to experience you know that type of racism that type of bigotry and prejudice you know I at first I didn't understand what I didn't understand what was going on but. You know, after I was educated on it, I mean, I jumped right in. You know, they didn't have to educate me enough. They didn't have to educate me too much on it because I knew my history, but I jumped right in. Point you in the right direction. Right in the right direction. Use your energy that way. (laughs) And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of my peers for showing me that. So to my peers, you know who you guys are. Thank you. So. My first week of college, um, everybody was walking, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't know one single person at school yet. Um, I met Brian my first day, but we hadn't built a friendship yet because it was like three days after I met him. And everybody was walking in the same direction, and I didn't know where they were going, but I went. And we were marching for Allen Iverson. (laughs) <laughs> to get out of jail to go to Georgetown. Well, I, remember, I remember that. Yeah. And I did not I know what that. it was for. Like, I just was walking with everybody else at first. And somebody handed me a candle. We walked across the bridge. We walked up to the jail, like the, the whole thing. It was a ton of girls in that. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to meet some people. But it quickly got dispersed. Um, and then I went to the Million Man March, mm-hmm. was probably the most beautiful thing. Um, I've ever experienced in my lifetime to see that many black men in one place, all different kinds, shapes, sizes, you know, it was amazing. Um, They come from, we, we, we come from all over. We drove down from Hampton, people driven up from Georgia, Florida, California. I mean, it was incredible how many people were out there. Um, So I've, I had a, a a few, like a weird opportunity and then an awesome opportunity um, as well. Um, all right. So this is the last question and I'm going to 
I'm gonna let it let it go after this is uh what is your stance on owning a firearm? I'm sorry for for that dead silence, but um I was just that I mean if if I would love to own a firearm. Um unfortunately as of right now, I do not own a firearm, but I would love to own a firearm. I would love to take the classes. I would love to take the training. Not that I can't shoot because I've grown from a city boy to a country boy and <laughs> we shoot in the country. So, um, but I, my stance on gun ownership, I would love to own a gun. I know I have young kids in the house, um, but I would love to own a guy. That's my stance on that. What about you, Thomas? Man, I am all for it. Uh, I think there, you know, obviously should be restrictions. Me personally, I don't see the need why, you know, somebody should own, you know, like, you know, semi-automatic weapons and, you know, and all of this other stuff. Uh, but I am definitely all for, um, you know, for us as, as as black people embracing our rights to own guns. Um, there is, and I don't know about you guys, uh, I don't have a family yet, but I feel that, you know, when I am blessed to have a wife and kids, it is my job to protect them at all costs. Mm. Um, and and, and I, I believe that, you know what, there is an effective way to know your rights, but at the same time, know what, you know what, I'm not taking any mess. And nothing will go down, you know, against me or my family on my watch. And um, again, I'm not I'm not, you know, advocating for violence or anything, but best believe you come in my doorstep, <laughs> you better bring everything you got or whatever. And well, um, I mean, just because, because this is the problem that I, I think that we've been brainwashed. I think there is no advocating of violence by saying you will protect your house. That isn't advocating violence. Advocating violence is tweeting if there's looters and there's shooters. That's advocating violence, right? Mm -hmm. You saying that you're going to protect your family is an of course statement. Right. I didn't buy my first gun until I had a daughter. We came home. We had the baby. And when my, when my daughter came into our house, I had a gun in the house. I got mm -hmm. it while my wife was at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Because, because why not? Mm -hmm. It's legal. Why not? I mean, I don't want to be the most unarmed person in my house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just don't understand that concept. Um, so, you know, I'm clearly armed. <laughs> so I believe in all of it. All of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want semi-automatic weapons, go get them. It's all good. If you want automatic weapons, go get them. Whatever you want to get, go get it. Because if it goes down, I'm going to have it. And 
I don't want you using my stuff. So go get your own. And if you're listening to this and you believe in gun control and you're mad at me because I believe in guns, then tell everybody black you know to get a concealed weapons permit and they mm-hmm. will put gun control out there. Mm-hmm. So don't be mad at me. Call your politician or call your friends or your only two choices. Don't be mad at me because I'm going to have mine no matter what. Mm-hmm. So if you are mad, like, oh, Dwight said this and Dwight said that, he shouldn't have guns, then tell everybody black you know to go get a permit and they'll stop it. They will end it. As soon as black people learn how to use weapons, they will no longer have weapons available for us. I yep. guarantee it. I don't think it's, so, it's I don't think it's a thing of when we start using them. I think it's when we actually get the knowledge of yeah, the license understanding. Like, yo, like this is it, it I'm and I believe you know you get it, and then you train everybody in your family. Like, hey, this is this is how it goes down. This is what you need to do, or whatever. Listen, um, I've taken Davis to the gun range already, mm-hmm, and had mm-hmm. him work with a, a coach. Like, not just hey, this is me and you, Tom. I'm talking about here's a coach from the shooting range. Work with my son for the next hour, please. Mm-hmm. If somebody mm-hmm. takes me out. I'm not worried. He knows how to handle himself. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. He's not going to go out here doing nothing stupid because when you get the, the, the key thing is what I'm telling them to tell their friends to do if they're mad at us for having this conversation is to go get a license. I never right. said go get a gun, right? right? I said go get the license because right. the license will give you the information you need to protect yourself. Right. George Zimmerman got off because of what? Not his fighting ability. Because he was getting his butt whooped by a 16, 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. He, he got off because he knew the rules and what to say when he got arrested. Mm-hmm. So when you take that permit class, they will teach you what you need to know to protect your house. Mm-hmm. You can decide after that if you want to go get a gun. Because mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable, don't get one. But have the license, have the knowledge. Don't be scared to educate yourself. Go buy stocks yep. right now because they're all low and make yourself economically relevant in this community so that you have some say and go vote, period. Mm-hmm. If you're not yep. going to do those things, don't talk to me about your perspectives. I don't, I'm not protesting with you. I'm not jumping out here about to get shot for somebody who's not going to take the time to go vote or educate themselves on the policies in, which, in the country in which they live. So it's irritating me. Yep. All right. So I want to say thanks to both of you for venting and being so honest and real with your feelings and emotions. Um, I will tell you that as we conclude this podcast, I sent a text to my mentor, who is the president of a prominent HBCU in Virginia. And he told me to keep my head up keep fighting the good fight and everything's going to be okay because it always is. Mm -hmm. So on that note, I think, you know, Kevin, you can conclude this thing. I got to go get some dessert. I'm starving. (laughs) I think he, he dropped off, right? Thomas. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we ended it. You may have, yeah, but 
guys, thank you for uh, for tuning in. This was raw and uncut. It was supposed to be, you know, a conversation. We wanted it to, like, really feel genuine. And, um, you know, on to the next one. We'll see you guys next week. We got a, a city riot going on because, once again, the police has failed to protect us like they say they was going to do. Us as a community, we're not going to protect ourselves. But if we don't have anyone to protect us, then this is what you get. You get riots. You got people out here going crazy. We losing loved ones every day to the people that sworn in to protect us. It's not us. It's the police. This the madness that they spark up. This is what they encourage. This is what they provoke. This is what you get out of you taking some a loved one from someone. This is what you get. You get a lot of people that's hurt and they can't vent the right way. They can't no longer depend on the police to be here to protect us like they say they gonna do. So this is what you get. And no, it's not going to end today. I can't tell you it's going to end tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to end. But it's for y'all to start. We're not the ones that's killing us. Y'all killing us. We can't make a change if y'all don't change.